Hey, hey, hey. It's Sunday night on Labor Day weekend. It's uh, September 2nd. And it's still, it's 8 o'clock at night. It's dark. And we're walking Bud, of course. And what's the temperature? I didn't even check. I did a dip because I want to be cool. It's just been a nice day. But I did do a dip, and it's still 95 out. So that's what we're dealing with. 95 at 8 o'clock at night. And we're walking the Bud in the dark, but we got lightning out. Lightning. Lightning is cool. And this is the uh, Labor Day weekend, so cars. People, families are getting together. People are parking in the street. Labor Day weekend, Arizona style. Neighbors are hanging out by the pool. And there's a lot of lightning out there. This is, I, I may have talked about this in uh, June, that uh, August, September, I, they, we get these lightning storms. And because for whatever reason, we're kind of flat area, so you can see really far away so we see a lot of lightning right now but not thunder we don't hear the, the crackling pops of thunder because those lightning strikes are probably 20 miles away which means we're probably going to get a storm tonight and 95 really is cool compared to 105 about a month ago right so 10 degrees cooler, feels good. Been out by the pool today. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on fire with this uh, <laughs> survey thing I'm trying to do. I want to get people to answer questions. Answer not multiple, just one question really. And it's about being connected with God. So yeah, I'm into this uh, internet thing. The uh, social media, but it's not its not social media just for playing around. This is like uh, connecting with people with serious intent. So dare I say, dare, dare I say, intentional. So I'm being intentional about my activities on the internet because I'm reaching out to people. I want people to tell me what they think. Tell me what, what they're... Uh, ideas are and it's amazing I mean you just throw out a empty text box field on a website and who knows what people are going to type in there I got a really smart ass one it was really funny and <laughs> because it, uh, it basically it says how do you, you know what's your biggest struggle like connecting with God and the person at least the person went there and <laughs> but they went they went there like reluctantly like more like like yeah what's this all about right so they were cynical and and so like for their email address and i i've done that i did this 20 years ago you know i was like i don't want to give someone my email address right so some people are a little more switched on to this stuff right they don't want to uh, give out their email addresses right so you just my my go-to phony email address was Jim Bob Hicks no Jim Bob at hicks.com like there's a website called Hicks Jim, Jim Jim Bob the hick so I was Jim Bob 
at hicks.com. So that was my go-to email address. So the one I got today was like, uh, give, give me, give me yo money at god.com. So that was, that was the phony, phony email address that somebody put in. Give me, give me your money, yo money at god.com. And then for the phone number they put in, 666-666. Yeah, they're, they're really funny, those people. Ha, ha, ha. And then they put down, uh, what God are you talking about? So, you know. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good. How about yourself? We're all right. Cooling off now? Okay, bud, come on. So, yeah, garbage cans. I guess I got to get my cans out. Good reminder. And uh, so I got to get the garbage cans out on the street. So even though tomorrow's Labor Day, the guys drive the trucks probably get double time, Arizona double time, picking up our trash. So, um, yeah, uh, 666 for a phone number. Very good. <laughs> so, yeah, so somebody, my, my writing coach, so I'm trying to write this book, right? So I get, I'm, 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 this is like the new economy, so to speak, right? So I'm an old timer, man. I'm like, I'm like 50, over 50, man. I'm like traditional, but... I better, I better get with it, people. We better get with it, man. This is the new, the new thing. So, and I can see the value. Like I'm getting into it now. It's, it's like I'm reluctantly walking into this thing, mostly because I feel like my, I have a message that's really important. So, um, and this is how you get messages out, and it's pretty cool, right? Because you know, it's different. Everything, you know, it's, it's a different world, man. And, um, yeah, so I was just, I spent quite a few hours, and my wife was getting a little upset with me. She thought I was just playing around on the computer, like, just entertaining. And I'm like, no, this is actual work. You know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get my URL in front of people and see who it resonates with. I mean, it's... I mean, it's like the one sales guy told me, like, some will, some won't, so what? But statistically, you got to get, there's like 3 billion Christians on the planet and that have faith. So they, they, have, they have that first step of like, yeah, I believe something, or they go to church, or they go, they're a member of some church, whether they have a deep connection or not, is that's another question, but... That's what I'm trying to get to people. And with, with 3 billion, I certainly should get 250 people. That's it. Just, I'm looking for 250 people to respond. But, you know, I got to get this URL in front of like 5,000 people for them to uh, answer it. And I'm, I'm really like, I mean, the survey, you know, is the, the guy that's leading this method or has done this to start all these businesses and I 
I really don't think of starting a business, but I sort of am, I guess now. I'm reluctantly walking into this thing. But I'm, I'm kind of getting into it. Like a day like today where it was just a grind. I mean, I would, I would describe it as a grind, man. Because I, there's, I figure audiences like Joel Osteen, Joyce Meyer, Beth Moore, these are K. Arthur, K. Arthur. And so I'm on Twitter and I'm looking like who, who has like the most following and who, who, because this is my question really is about connecting with God. So the people that followed Beth Moore or Joyce Meyer or Joel Osteen, they have already an interest in spiritual things. So it's natural for me to try to tap into those people and get them to answer a question. So I thought Twitter's a great one because I, I, uh, I like to play around on Twitter myself, so I'm not, I'm not uh, against that. And, and so, and then I remembered someone said there might be some forums, right? And so and I'm like, it used to be on forums many years ago, and I had really, my approach was typical me. I'm just so, um, I'll just fully confess this because this is kind of funny. I, I love the Green Bay Packers, so some people know that. And I grew up in Chicago, so I don't know if it's because of my Irish DNA or just because I'm a Packer fan living in Chicago. So one guy described me as being, well, you grew up behind enemy lines. So my whole personality, besides all the other crap in my life, but just loving the Green Bay Packers and being around the Chicago Bears, I mean, it was just, it just set me up for, I can't stand these Bear fans and Bear things. So, and, it, and, it, and it's coming up, it's actually a week away. So right now, when I'm walking the dog, I don't know who's gonna walk the dog next week because I'm watching the, the 100th Packer season. And uh, we're playing the Bears opening night in Lambeau Field with a town of 100,000 against the Giants. It's the David and Goliath story. That's our Green Bay Packers. We love them. So about 10 or 15 years ago, I got on the Chicago Bears message board. And I, and, and I was just a hellraiser on there, just bullshitting and just ripping on the Chicago Bears because I—that's what entertainment to me. You know, I was poking people around and just aggravating them, and it was just to get a response out of people. It was really that was my form of entertainment. And then the moderators would kick me off, and then I'd make up a new username and try to change my behavior and go undercover. And then people would—they would question and say, "Hey, are you Warty?" Did you, are you really warty? You know, because <laughs> I was, I was going after the same people and it was just, it was just really fun. And I, and they'd be like, so why don't you just go to the, uh, Green Bay Packer message board and this is me, this is my personality. I'm like, well, why would I want to do that? Why, <laughs> why, why would I want to go to a message board where I pretty much agree with everybody, but actually I, I don't, I noticed later, I did check a few times to kind of like 
compare. And I like, I have no interest in the Green Bay Packer message board because it's like a bunch of people saying Yahoo stuff about how great the Green Bay Packers are. And I'm like, or whatever, or they analyze the crap and say that the coach screwed up or this player sucks and whatever else. And it's like, I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't care to analyze and I don't, I don't think I know better than the, the, the coach or the players. And they're, they're trying hard. So I don't know. I just don't. For me, that would be not, that's not entertaining to go to the uh, Chicago or the Packers message board. It just has no interest to me. Because it's boring, right? So I love going to the, the Bears message board because they're either they're a bunch of fans like crying about how how bad the Bears did and I get to join in and and laugh at them or agree with them and say yeah the, the Bears do suck sorry too bad too bad for you man so you know and then of course that would lead to other kinds of arguments and so so forth and uh which I would gladly join in with. And uh, back in that time, so like, it's all about pride and and so forth. So that's what they do. And uh, so, how you doing? Finally cooling off out here, right? So, uh, yeah. Green Bay has 13 championships and the Bears only have nine. That's a difference of four, people. So four, the Bears would have to win four Super Bowls before the Packers win another one for them to catch up. And that is not going to happen. The Bears are not going to win four Super Bowls. And the, uh, the other statistic that the Bears loved was the head-to-head record that the uh, the uh, Bears had beaten the Packers more times and of course I would do my arguing saying well that's meaningless because who cares when both teams are doing terribly if the Bears beat the Packers let's say the Packers finish 4 and 12 and the Bears finish 6 six and ten and they beat the Packers twice both teams suck so who cares so that I'm, I'm, I make the argument that the head-to-head is meaningless so that was about 10 or 12 years ago and the Packers had fallen so far behind in the head-to-head it was like 20 24 games at one point like in when in 1961 the 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 Packers were behind by like 24. Then Vince Lombardi won a bunch of games, and Vince was like 15-5 against the Bears, so he knocked it down to like 12. So even during the 60s, when the Packers were way better than the Bears, they still couldn't put a dent in that 24-game lead. And they only play each other twice a year, so you figure 24 games. You'd have to win 12 years in a row every game. And so that just was not happening. So Brett Favre came along in the 90s 
And Brett was a bear killer again. He was like, what was he? I think he was like 20 and 8. So he'd beaten the bears 20 times and lost only 8. And that got it down to about an 8-game difference. But still, you got four seasons. You'd have to sweep the bears four seasons in, in a row just to tie. And that was like 2008. So now it's 10 years later. We finally caught up to him last year. And the Packers, with Aaron Rodgers, did put the Packers in the lead in the head-to-head. So that is a sweet, sweet stat. And I think we are up by two games now. So even if the Bears swept us this year, it would be a tie. So I'd so much want to see the Packers sweep the Bears again. So why am I talking about this? Why should you care? Uh, probably you don't need to care. <laughs> it's insight into your podcaster. And remember this morning I was talking about Pete Rollins and you know he stands up there and pontificates about philosophical religious stuff and he's real smart and it's good stuff. That's his shtick. And so that's maybe that's what life is. It's just a shtick. We find our sticks. Some people are our CEOs of, uh, of uh, publishing companies. Howdy. Yeah, some people are CEOs of, of uh, self-publishing companies. That's a pretty good shtick. <laughs> That's my number one podcast listener. And uh, she's pretty cool. And I enjoy that. So that's how I got into this self-publishing writing. And I'm a bit slow about it, but, you know, I'm deliberate. I'm just, I kind of wish she'd say, like, Michael, you got the best message. I can't believe this. This is world game-changing message. This will change the world. You just need to do it. You just need to publish this thing. Your message is like, you know, it's better than Martin Luther's 95 Theses. It's... Of course, I know that already, but <laughs> humble me, humble me. So if I ever get on Eric Metaxas's podcast, he, he, his timing, his shtick, his timing was to publish a book about Luther last, last year in 2017, which was the 500th anniversary of uh, the, the 95 theses, which when, you, when I read him, I think I talked about this on a podcast. The 95 Theses are really kind of crappy. I mean, they're not that significant. They talk about some weird stuff. and I, You can get a translation online and Google them. So 95 Theses, it sounds so impressive, like the 95 Theses. And you read them and they're like, what? <laughs> there's, like there's like 10 of them that have any meaning. And the other 85 are just a bunch of specific like problems that are just like gone they were gone like two years after he wrote them and it's just like whatever but it's just so funny and you get this image of martin luther right and when you're especially a kid i was raised lutheran so you know you get these pictures of him painting and you're like that dude looks goofy because you know of course there's no photographs and he's just wearing the the clothes or costume of the time and uh you know, and you're like, can't relate to it as a 12-year-old. You're like, what? Martin Luther? What? 475 years or 450 years ago? What? 
That's a long time. I'm 12. <laughs> well, I'm not 12 anymore. So there you go. And uh, yeah, so I want my coach who got me started on this writing thing to just like tell me like, oh, damn, you're, I read your, your first draft. It is so awesome. I can't believe we haven't published this already. But it's up to me, and I got to come up with some cash. Hey, bud, come on. Come on, bud. Big dog over there. Let's go. So I got to come up with some cash to, uh, to do it right, because I am not an editor, and I'm, I know it needs to be polished and put together better. I got some good ideas, and I blurted out. Uh, I, what I discovered is I can, I can crank out the wordage. Now, whether it's valuable or not, or meaningful, is another question. And I think the podcast, maybe this podcast, as Pete Rollins would say, is I'm talking to myself, I'm talking my message through, too. So, back to the Chicago Bears message board. I was really a punk, right? That's what they'd say, definitely a troll punk. And I've carried that attitude even into Twitter with these um, Christian leaders that I can't stand from the Southern Baptist Church. Like, they'll tweet some stupid thing or what I see stupid, and I do the Homeland Security thing. If I see something, I'm going to say something. So, um, yeah, so I was kind of had this negative tweeting thing going going on. But now, oh, lo and behold. Oh, we got a party going on here. Sunday night before Memorial Day. Pretty cool. People partying by the pool. It's awesome. Having fun. Abundant living. Be happy for people who have the joy of living. There you go. So, um, yeah, there's a change going on. And my attitude towards the internet, social media, right? So now I want people to respond in a, what would you call it, sort of serious way or sincere way, I guess I'd say. I want a sincere review of my postings and a sincere response, right? So I can't, I can't go to my standard sarcastic smart ass type posting i gotta change my ways man (laughs) so now i'm mr like compassionate mr like concerned about everyone's welfare which deep down i am but i have this shell like this turtle shell of hardness to me right so by doing this, it's breaking down my outer shell of being an asshole. Because <laughs> I've been, I, I don't, I don't mind being an asshole, and it's, I find it entertaining and funny. But it, it, I, obviously, it's not funny to everybody, right? So <laughs> there you go. So that's me, man. So that's this is the podcast, and so, so I'm online. I'm doing forums. I, I, I joined a forum that there's no way I have any interest. Uh, until now to to join this forum i mean it's like i don't want to read everybody else's posts i just want them to 
be compliant with my request, which is go to this website and tell me what you think, right? Give me some data. I'm after data is what I want, right? So I go on the forum and I was surprised. I was getting better response on this Christian forum than on Twitter. You know, like like people, like I would tweet, I would put a tweet on Joel Osteen, for example, and he's got like 21 million um, tweet, Twitter followers. So you'd think, dang, Joel Osteen. And I would, I would comment on, let's say he's got a post and it's just a tweet, right? So Joel Osteen tweets something about like, you know, God is good and God, God is going to bless you and show you favor and you just got to believe, right? Something like that, right? So that's Joel Osteen, a typical Joel Osteen tweet. And I've been cynical about these guys, and I think that's why I got on the Southern Baptist guys. I'm like, what are you guys tweeting this stuff? So I say this John Piper guy, he like tweets a Bible verse all the time. And I'm like, this is like the biggest self-promotion social media thing ever. It's just, it's just self-promotion. And uh, so I used to kind of rip on them, but now I'm joining them. Now, <laughs> now, now I'm the guy self-promoting myself or my idea or my message or whatever it is. I'm still developing it. So this is kind of cool. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And I, I think I have to laugh at myself about this, and I have to process this. I have to do this podcast to talk it out, to get my true confessions out because it is a change in my heart or change in my men mental thinking, I guess you'd say. And I'm such a cynical bastard and so oriented that way that, uh, you know, it's hard for me. It's just not natural for me to enter into this social media world and I and I don't like social media I, I don't like that term so I, I guess it's more of the um, I guess yeah that's let me tell let me finish that thought because I don't like the term social media and I think it's there's something else there's a better better term for it and not and it's not it's more like shouting <laughs> shouting the town crier it's like an electronic town crier because in a way you, you kind of subtly get in people's faces right and now people talk about getting eyeballs on things i used to think that was kind of cynical right get some eyeballs on it but that's what it comes down to it's like i need to get some eyeballs on this url and i only have maybe five listeners but i'll go ahead and repeat it again because you have to repeat your urls it's just bit.ly slash q the letter q and you spell out four for churches c-h-u-r-c-h-e-s that's it you may have to do the http colon forward slash forward slash but i don't think you do but bit.ly slash Q for churches. So if there's any people that stumbled onto this podcast for some reason and were wondering what I'm talking about, that's, that's it. But I don't have any 
thoughts of grandeur that uh, that millions of people are listening to this thing. In fact, I get data feedback on that too. That maybe five people have listened to it. So there you go. And I'm I'm on the at the edge of the um, property here, and um, there is construction. There is a new freeway coming in here. So I'm, I was expecting this to be blocked off. So I don't know what's happening. I don't know if it's blocked off. Let's go, bud. Come here. Let's see if we're blocked off out here. I don't know where this ends now. This is also snake territory to add some excitement to the listeners. The listeners' uh, blood pressure. You get your get your heart beating because this is snake rattlesnake territory, right, bud? You see a snake? I don't think we're gonna see a snake out here. I see a stick, but yeah, rattlesnakes, rattlesnakes. They're out here. They're, I'm lucky. Saw a scorpion in the shower last night too. Scorp, scorps. Gotta love the scorps, Arizona man. <laughs> the guy from Chicago who's adapted to the desert living. Scorps. I got stung in my leg one time and in my butt, of all things. That was a classic story. But should I do it now in the 30s? Can I do it? The short story I got my swimsuit on the patio. This is the stung, stung in the butt story. Swimsuits laying on the patio floor, come home from work, I was in a routine where, probably June time frame, throw the swimsuit on, jump in the pool, cool off, ah, what a glorious feeling, get out with 5% humidity, feel that evaporative cooling, ah, refreshing, right, except for as I hit the water, I got stung in the butt. It's like, what? That had to be a scorpion. So off come the shorts underwater. Look around. Sure enough, scorp floating around. So lucky that uh, <laughs> the scorp was in the rear of my swimsuit. <laughs> so otherwise I could have some really weird things. And we're at the edge, bud. We did. They did, they did mark this off here. So I can't go any further on the walk. See, bud, look. What are we going to do? There's rope here. I don't know, you can go underneath the rope, but I can't go through it. It's, uh, this is like serious rope action, bud. We're gonna have to go back. You hot? Bud doesn't do dips in the pool, so he's a little bit warm. Okay, bud, let's go. Gotta go back this way. But that was fun to get out here. Come on out to the, the edge, the future home of the 202 freeway whizzing by it won't be so quiet out here anymore but i think we'll be okay we'll see the podcast 12 months from now we'll see if there's a lot of background noise or not and uh, so yeah this is the the uh, the writing coach has an online business and she's building it up she's doing good and um, she's you know, young generation, so she gets all this internet stuff. And I've been fascinated with it because I have, I need a writing coach. And I could probably, the old days would be like, well, who's available in Phoenix, right? 
And so you're kind of like stuck with whatever you can find available in Phoenix. And it might be excellent. It might be very good. But this is so convenient because I don't have to drive anywhere. Like if I was going to find somebody in Phoenix, I'd probably have to like drive to some bookstore or book club and meet other writers. And there is a writing club in Phoenix. And I got some emails from them. And But it's like too difficult to like drive somewhere go do this so yeah the internet makes things really really convenient and so bud what are you doing come on we're going over here so she's in that and she's into a lot of internet business things but the the biggest thing is she's a writer. She has value. She knows how to write. She knows how to teach people to write. She knows how to coach people to write. She knows how to get a team together. She has a team of editors and team of writing professionals. And and as the the uh, maybe most of the podcast listeners can relate to, just industries change. Like so I call it, like the one of my favorite stories is is uh, blockbuster video, right? So. Blockbuster video was the thing probably in the early 2000s and you would go get a DVD and bring it back and forth back and forth drive there and go what you know what DVDs available you'd walk in the store like they'd probably have 20 or 30 DVDs of something and you were like wow they may get 20 30 DVDs for this new movie it's exciting and um and then what do they do with them after a while? Because nobody wants to watch the movie after about three months or less. So they got all these things. But, you know, it was just the, that was the business at the time. That was the way the business was done. And Netflix changed all that. Netflix is like, we just don't do that anymore. We Blockbuster's gone. Closed down. And in the book publishing world, in many ways, that should happen too it's just going to take longer because there's what i'm learning there's really no reason for you know these big book publishers they have like 100 year histories and they have they have brand recognition and they have a distribution channel so but even ready we see barnes and nobles and um what was the other one shoot there's barnes and noble but there was another competitor um, bookstore, I even forgot it because I, I just, no one goes, we just don't go anymore. There's a few left. In fact, a friend of mine, my best friend texted me and said he was at the last bookstore in LA somewhere, Riverside. I don't know where he was. But it's like, this is the last bookstore. And, and that's where the publishing world, there probably, there's massive change in publishing because that the, the uh, technology has changed so much that it's just it's just going like blockbuster video it's going to be not necessary to have a blockbuster anymore it's not necessary to have barnes and noble anymore and at first someone might think well does that mean we're going to read less or not have books and things and it's like no it's just going to be distributed differently and what's really cool is is uh, 
little micro publishers, you know, can 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 sprout up, and the core competency of a publisher is going to be different. So the core competency used to be more of evaluating writers and finding these like elite writers and the writers really had to like either figure out on their own how to do first drafts how to do the whole process or maybe they maybe the uh, publishers had sympathy for famous people and help them guide them like an Oprah maybe Oprah doesn't really know how to write a book but because she's Oprah, they would help her write a book. And then there's other people who are just naturally writers and they don't care. So they just write, write, write. And eventually they strike gold or something and it just works out for them. But you had to go through the publisher. Now it's changing. So now I see the core competency of the publishing thing is to actually coach someone with a great idea because see this is the thing I was like a lot of people have great ideas like I think I have a great idea but how do I communicate it and how do I get it out there I mean you know you say I want to write a book you know and I'm like I got a great idea for a book or I got a story to tell I got a message to get out there what how do I do it and so you know I'm kind of clueless and then on how to do that so I, I stumbled onto this person happenstance and I got started and I got going and I just followed the process there's a process to doing it and book publishers know that or book coaches or book writers people that have written books before they know there's a process and you get going so I got going I'm part of the way there not all the way there but I'm part of the way there so that's really cool and um, and it's also like Martin Luther, I go back to the original, the printing press changed a lot of the publishing and that's been like the domain for 500 years is can you get a book publisher? Because there's machinery, there's printing, there's that whole mechanical manufacturing process of making a book is important, right? So over the last 500 years, that process has been dialed in and people can print books but again big publishing houses control that stuff and they control the distribution to get a book out in a store well now uh, with technology we got Amazon not just the Kindle and the ebooks and that kind of thing but just even shipping so you know maybe somebody says I want the next Oprah book you know go buy my book Oprah it's available on Amazon you know so it's Amazon is the distributor of manufactured goods. So you don't need, I mean, Thomas Publishing or whoever these big publishers are, they still exist and they're still hanging in there. But I think they've cut back on their staff dramatically and cut back way back and they're trying to figure out what to do. Meanwhile, um, people like my friend are like, shoot, I can start my own publishing company and that's cool and it's going to be good for it's going to be a win-win situation it's going to be better for the writers and uh, we're going to do this uh, 
and we don't have a huge overhead like Thomas Nelson Publishing or Zondervan or these other publishing houses. And uh, we're just going to roll with it, baby. And we're going to publish great books. They're still going to publish great books. In fact, they'll probably publish even better books because they're, they're focusing on the value add. What's the, what's the value add? And they can add, they can coach people and get people, they can take ideas and help shape them into awesome books. And dealing with someone like me who's kind of verbose and has lots of verbal blowouts or whatever you want to call it, output, but it's not succinct, right? It's not put in a good order necessarily, but it's out there. So um, got a lot to work with. I got like 70,000 words and that's about 50 to 60,000 words is about what we need. So I got 70 and I could, I could easily add 10,000 more like in five hours because I've learned through the process doing a Pomodoro. Shout out to the Italian tomato guys, Pomodoro. 25 minutes is all it takes. Put that timer on baby and fly and I'll get a thousand words out in 25 minutes. So that means 2000 an hour. Yeah. I can crank 2000 words in an hour. Do that five hours a week. That's 10,000 hours. I can, I could get a 50,000 page book done in 10 weeks, right? Is that right? No, less than that, five weeks. I can, I'm really, I'm really verbal now. Um, I need to probably get 80,000 to get it down to 60 because I probably, my efficiency of like awesome writing words is probably low, but if the, the thing is get the ideas out there. And then I just learned about this thing called developmental editing. So I'm in first revision, kind of cleaning it up, but developmental editor is going to save my bacon and get this baby in a professional format, which makes sense to the reader, right? So it already makes sense to me because I'm writing it and it's in my head, even if it's jumbled. But the developmental editor is kind of like that outside person looking at it and able to um, put it into a form, a flow, that people will pick up the book and go, I get it. This is awesome. I get the message. I get what the guy is trying to say. You know, what am I trying to say? What do you know? So that's where the developmental editor will save my bacon. Never heard of that before. I never heard of a developmental editor. And then there's a copy editor, which probably picks up the fine grammar points and so forth. And there's, so there's a process to it. And I'm just starting. I'm not even, I'm maybe a third of the way there. I don't know. But it's fun. It's been, it's, it's probably frustrating to the coach, but I think she loves me anyways. So hopefully I'm, I wanted to be her favorite pupil in the mastermind. Be your coaches, be your mentor's favorite, be your, be your best student, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be the most sarcastic student. <laughs> Who's, is that your best student or your most sarcastic student? 
They could be the same. They could be one and the same. I'll, I won't. I won't eliminate that possibility. So, um, but now where are you going? We just went on a long walk. We're almost home. Let's go. I don't want to go that way. Seriously, bud. I know it's a three-day weekend, but does that mean you get an extra five minutes of walking? Now you want to go down here? Oh my gosh, bud. You have the best owner, I tell you. He does podcasts with you. <laughs> he gives you all the credit for the podcast, right? You're on the title of the podcast, bud. The Arizona schnoodle, that's you, bud. And you're getting an extra walk in? What is this? What is this, bud? And you were at, we were at the vet yesterday. I was crying, but yeah, I got teared up because you were nervous and you were shaking. And you're only four years old, and I'm. I was crying because maybe six or eight years from now we're gonna have to take you there, and because you're gonna be sick and feeble, and you might be dying or something, bud. And that's gonna be a sad day, bud. When you. We have to say goodbye to the bud. That is going to be sad. It's getting emotional out here on the, the podcast tonight. You're such a cute dog, bud. I'm serious about cloning. Dog, this dog should be cloned. I mean, he just should be cloned. I, don't, I just don't know what else to say about it. You should just live on in perpetuity. Perpetuity, bud. I haven't, I haven't had a 12th of never in a long time, so my enunciation is pretty good. You want to go through here, bud? You always like to go through here, so I'll take you through here. It's kind of on the way home. It's your bonus weekend holiday walk. It's gonna, you're going to challenge me and yourself probably because you don't realize it's a little more uphill walking, bud. So... Here we go. What are you doing, bud? Let's check for snakes again. This could be a snake territory. Huh? The walking pod. This is like an awesome podcast, really. If you think about it, as long as the sound is good, I mean, this this is like the walking, dog walking podcast. Like, shouldn't this be like, like the most popular podcast ever? <laughs> I mean, think about the people that can't walk their dogs anymore, right? I mean, some people just walk their dogs and I don't know what they do. They have all kinds of thoughts. They might listen to a podcast, but, you know, this is, this is one better. It's actually doing a podcast while walking the dog. It's fascinating, right? I hope you're fascinated and blessed and get a lot out of this. Are we, was this artificial grass dog? Come on, let's go. We're going, we're going your long way, bud. We're going up the long hill and we're gonna be worked out on it. So you got what you wanted, bud. And uh, so where was I? The publishing is awesome. And uh, people are awesome. And it's, it's bringing out the love. 
It's helping me love everyone always. It's helping me do that. And, um, yeah. Distribution curve. I, I don't know. There's, I guess distribution curves are a snapshot of current status. So I can't talk about growth so much, but I mean, if depending on where you are on the distribution curve, below average, average, above average type of thing, or if you're an outlier in something, could be outlier positive, outlier negative. We can move on the distribution curve. We can go somewhere on the distribution curve, but it's gonna take time. So we are somewhere at the moment and we can move um, in a positive direction. And spiritually, I say, you know, the Rick Warren, I, he, I try to ping uh, his tweets too and get, get responses. Come on, bud. But he's got the 40 days of purpose. 40 days of purpose. So for me in the spiritual realm, and he, he's speaking of 40 days of purpose and he's also speaking in the spiritual realm like personal spiritual development and so forth. But my radical idea is 40 nanoseconds of purpose, okay? So you take, you, you shrink the 40 days of purpose down to 40 nanoseconds of purpose. And um, I'm sure Rick Warren won't really like that, but what do I care? Because he's branded himself as the 40 day of purpose guy. So he's branded, man, 40 days of purpose. And it's just too long, folks, right? I mean, think about Jesus on the cross and the thief. He probably didn't pay much attention to Jesus for 40 days. He was on that cross and Jesus spoke to him in 40 nanoseconds and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So. There's your 40 nanosecond of purpose. You know, that's a little different. <laughs> so, so what am I branding? I'm not gonna brand myself as the 40 nanosecond of purpose guy. That's not, maybe that's just one of my sub brands. But uh, my main brand is challenging the status quo right and that may not even be the status quo it's just challenging it's i guess it's always improving that's what i have to say if i'm being nice if i if i back off the cynicism and if i'm nice because i do want to love rick warren right we're going to love everybody and he's an effective communicator but he, like everything, we all have our black slices. So Rick's got some black slice somewhere. I don't know what it is, it doesn't matter. And black slice is a general thing. It's, it's like, it could be a bad thing or just could be not perfect because we're not perfect, right? So I'd say Rick is not perfect at articulating the most important thing for everyone, right? Well, how can he, this is the distribution curve too. So the 40 days of purpose 
speaks to a large percentage of the distribution curve. I just happen to be on the outlier of the curve. So, so I'm an outlier. So I like look at it and I go, yeah, yeah, okay, I, I get it. And it's well put together. But what's missing? It's like, it's all tell, tell, tell. It's him tell, tell, tell me. There's probably a few questions in there, a few ask. You know, because we got to kick ask, man. Ask. There's a few ask questions in there, but it quickly goes from ask to tell because he's writing a book. But my thing is, we can read all kinds of platitudes, tweets, and these Christian leaders have followers and stuff. But the key is to, and I'm going up a pretty steep hill right now. Let's go, bud. You can make it. Um, the key is that, uh, that God loves everyone and we're all at different stages and we don't need to, we're not missing stuff. See, like if you pick up a book like 40 Days of Purpose, you're like, okay, well, I have to read this book for 40 days and then maybe I'll, I'll be complete because, you know, now I got to wait 40 days. Because obviously the book says 40 days of purpose, so I'm just not going to get there. So where are you for the, on day one, two, three, four, where are you? Are you like a loser? Are you like not getting it? Do you suck because you haven't made the 40 days yet? So, I mean, some people would say, well, that's obvious, Mike. It doesn't mean that. It just means... We're going to do this thing for 40 days and you'll be better. Well, you can be better right now. That's what I'm saying. 40 now. You can be better right now. You can walk in the Spirit. Have the Spirit of God in you right now. And uh, and, you're not, and God is not up there waiting for you to finish the 40 Days of Purpose book. He's ready to, to meet you where you are now. And we've heard sermons like that and people give messages like that. And one of the, and it's to me, it's the bipolar, schizophrenic Christian religion thing because, you know, there's something on the agenda this week. I got to preach about Genesis 5. And by the way, I didn't go to church this morning because Christine didn't want to go and that's fine. So I finished my own Acts chapter 7. Stephen getting stoned without the weed <laughs> no so you people in Colorado that can go get your own weed and get stoned you, maybe that'll be effective go have some weed and read Acts chapter 7 because by the time you finish reading the 50 some verses in Acts 7 you'll be stoned as Stephen gets stoned so there you go Oh, that is so sacrilegious. Well, I don't know. It depends. It depends if how stuck up you are or whatever. And how small a view of God you have. So the, this view of God that um, the themes I've been reading that are jumping out at me is we serve a living God, right? So God is living. Uh, he's by definition God and He's forever, and he's amazing, and 
we miss out. And, and I think of the church a lot of times presents a God that's sitting in heaven just watching us, what we do, and critiquing us. It's like, well, you didn't do that well enough. Eh, you're not doing that good. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm reading from Paul is like, no. God is a living God, and he wants to walk with us. We, we can choose to walk in the Spirit. That's what I mean by walking in the Holy Spirit. Is this living God who has a sense of humor, I'm pretty sure, and I, I think I make him laugh. I hope I'm making, making him laugh. Why not? Why, why shouldn't we make him, make him laugh, right? Not, not that movie. What is that musical? Make him laugh, make him laugh. No. It's, it's, uh, it's just God's created this thing. And he, even in the garden, they were like, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Oh, we're hiding over here. So, I mean, it's that, those, are, those are images of, of God originally was talking to them right, in the garden. And we can do that now through the Holy Spirit. And are we not to be filled with joy? Isn't that one of the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control? So joy, yeah. I mean, that means God should have joy. Joy, God, can he... Is God just waiting for eternity and then he's going to have joy? Is he just like all pissed off right now? <laughs> that's, that's why I don't, there's this famous American preacher that people like, oh, what a great sermon, you know. Uh, sinners in the hand of an angry God. And I got the, what was that guy's name again? Dang it. In northeast of uh, Massachusetts. Um famous preacher back in the 1700s and uh but that that whole concept of sinners in the hand of an angry god it just doesn't doesn't present a a very good picture and what i propose is the joyful god right if we're going to be filled with the spirit of love joy peace patience and god god has can have some joy why don't, why don't we make that one of our 40 days of purpose? Bring God some joy. Not just please God. Like that's a very common thing. Please God. But um, how about just bring some joy. Bring a smile to God's face. Look at your kids. I mean, I got this coach, this uh, writing coach who's got four little creatures of love from the talking heads. And they're little, little dudes, little humans, and uh, their bodies are forming, and uh, they're all different. I can't four of them. Wow, that's the, that's old school, man. Old school, four kids. <laughs> we just had two, and I had had two boys, and for whatever reason, God didn't bring us a daughter. Because I, I would probably be a way... I, I do say this seriously, that I'd probably be a much different person if I had a daughter. But I wasn't blessed with a daughter. So, fathers that have daughters, I'm sure, are naturally more gentle, kind, and loving. 
than, uh, than guys like me. So we made it back home. Bud made it. <laughs> 